Blog Talk Radio. Don't mind if you got something nice to say about me. I enjoy an accolade like the rest. If you could take my picture and hang it in. Good morning and welcome to Solutions Live Personal Edition. I'm your host, Chicky Fitzgerald, coming to you from Tampa, Florida. Solutions provides practical advice from authors and experts on a wide range of topics for professionals to help you leave your legacy. Thursday lineup begins with Real Life Renovations with my co-hosts Phil and Amy Parham. At 10.30, Financial Health. 11 a.m., Giving and Faith in the Marketplace. And at 11.30, Intellectual Gumbo, where I'll do a review of the week with my co-host Chris Bradshaw. Stick around for that and add some spice to your day. Well, good morning. It's Thursday, April 30th, and actually we are going to be doing an abbreviated show today. Uh, we are going to be celebrating our last show with uh, Phil this morning on Real Life Renovations and uh, are going to be moving on to Real Life Heroes starting on the 1st of May. And we are going to be moving up our intellectual gumbo show today to 1030, and uh, it'll be a wrap at 11. So, good morning, Chris. Are you, are you on this time? Yes, ma'am. I Terrific. was wondering that technology wasn't perfect. <laughs> That's right. Well, we, we have been actually blessed with uh, some pretty technology uh, smooth shows in the past, and so uh, to have one glitch is actually totally okay. How are things in Dallas this morning? Beautiful. I had a walk in the drizzle with the with Yoshi this morning. It's so gorgeous, though. It's just beautiful here, and it's raining all week. But it's that you know the kind you don't mind. Ah, uh, well, great. Well, we've got another gorgeous day here in Tampa, but that's why I live here, so that I can say that every day. Good morning, Phil. Hey, good morning. How are you here this morning? We are just doing terrific. Well, you have got some exciting stuff on the horizon. And uh, while I am sorry for this to be our last show together, I want to hear all about everything that's going on. You said that uh, you have actually uh, finally put together your book proposal, which I am so excited to hear. So tell us a little bit about that. What's the book going to be about? Well, the book is called Dream Again, and it's 90 days uh, to your new life. That's what we're proposing at this point. So it's all about our uh, our dream principles, and you know we've gone over those in the past, and just to dream about what you want your life to be, and recognize where you're at, eat to live, activate your activate your new life, and then make a difference in the lives of others. And we're we're heading towards the faith based uh, market, which we are absolutely faith based, and and uh, we feel like that there's just a big need out there. To help people, and it's an exciting thing for us. I mean, never would I have thought a year ago when I was, you know, going into the, May 11th will be a year from the time we started our journey wow. through the Biggest Loser, and then you know now we have, I have in front of me a finished proposal, and I have an agent who's working with me diligently to get publishers to you know agree to this and she's got several publishers who are interested in it and then we're we're working on a pilot for a pilot idea for a television show you know and we've got a production company in new york that was interested in receiving that pitch you know this is i'm talking about pitches and pilots this year versus last year it's amazing how your life can change just in one you know just in a short amount of time i guess that's the reason that um that was what was on my mind today. That, well, that's, uh, you know, that's the real-life yeah. renovation story, though, Phil, and I am Absolutely. just so excited for you guys. And, and uh, you know, you, you know that the minute that that book comes out, you know what radio show you're going to be on to talk about your, uh, your successful launch of, of your book. And uh, I just can't wait to watch... Uh, what happens with you guys over over the next couple of months? Now, our, you know, you and I had talked a little bit about having a, a concept for for a book and a program that that actually would be, uh, you know, given in churches, very similar to what's happening with um, uh, with yes. Financial Peace University. Is that right. uh, the concept behind the book? Well, I think the way that you know the way that we're proposing this and the the concept behind the book is. You know, to 
I guess that would be correct. Um, you know, your <laughs> well, total I'm money make so. your total money makeover. It, it's kind of complicated, but I, I guess in the past I've never thought like this. But um, we have to have a book that kind of outlines the way we believe and some things that have absolutely changed and revolutionized our life, and things that we're passionate about. And then from there, we're going to take it into a 12-week uh, course that goes right. into churches, things like that, and it's an actually, it'll be an accountability one-on-one, you know, 12-week in-depth study where people can go through these principles and they can hold each other accountable, and that's, right. that's really where you pull in our, our whole online community that we're working on now, which will be almost a Facebook-style um, accountability piece that, you know, we'll have that available within... I'd say within 30 days we'll have that up and running on our website. And our whole website is going to be completely redone starting. our The goal with the company I'm working with is to have it up by Sunday, which is May 3rd. But we'll, you know how these things work. We'll see if we <laughs> yes, can get, we that, <laughs> get that going. This is, this is uh, a lot of people are, are excited about it. And to be able to get these daily inspirations and emails, you know, there was, I've needed a whole lot. I've needed a whole lot of people to help me to this point. I'm really thankful for that. But we're right. we're, we're trying to do something on a little bit bigger level. So it's well, been, it's interesting really that good. you use the word accountability, Phil, because um, this week I, I had a chat with my doctor because I, I got uh, some blood test results back that uh, you know okay. showed that that my cholesterol had just jumped significantly since my last um, since my last uh, annual physical. And actually, almost three years ago, maybe it was about two and a half years ago, Michael and I uh, signed up for a program that my doctor was launching on weight loss. You know, and this was actually okay. before the big, you know, medically uh, assisted weight loss trend started. And yes. you know, he had a lot of the right components lined up. He had a dietitian, and he had a a psychologist that would talk through, you know, how how you really have to uh, shift your mind around. And he had a, a workout facility in his office because he has a a, um, oh, a training center for people who've been injured. So he, he already had all the equipment, and he had a personal trainer that was available, but it wasn't available for the whole program. And it was a 12-week program. Uh-huh. And for Michael and I, it failed miserably. In fact, it failed really? spectacularly because we couldn't afford it when we did it. And yes. uh you know, we went ahead and did it because we knew we needed to get fit. And the missing ingredient was accountability. They yes. they didn't uh, enforce a weekly weigh-in. They didn't yes. measure and show progress. And all right. the things that you and Amy have talked about over the last 12 weeks on this show uh, mm-hmm. are the things right. that that were really, really missing. And right. so, you know, I went into him this week and I said, look, I'm still in the same place I was three years ago. I need help. Right. And I need for you to do this for me without charging me because I've already paid my, my dues, <laughs> sure. uh, as it were. But what I want differently now is I want to be accountable and, and I want local right. accountability. I want somebody who can look me in the eyes and, and, and look at my body and see whether I'm changing or not. Right, and, right. And so I'm so glad that, that you, well, I knew you were going to do it all along, but I, I really believe that the book is the precursor uh, to what really can be a that. successful program. Because, yeah. you know, the, the thing is you were talking about your, your various programs, and I love the fact that your challenges have been really successful, and I can't wait for you to come to Tampa. Um, yes. You know, which I uh, is, July, is in a couple of way. weeks, right? Oh, you've moved it back to yeah, July. July. Uh, you know what happened? Um, let me just—we were coming in two weeks, and right. I was super excited about that. Um, we were going to be there during the Taste of Pinellas. Actually, the people at All Children's Hospital love the idea so much that they ask um, if they could push it back to July and come do a challenge for their hospital in July and also for the people in Tampa and Clearwater. And then they said they would like to go ahead and have Amy and I plan a huge event in January where it's going to be a citywide event. And I'm so excited because it's a tremendous group of people that I've met so far um, there, and they want to make it a big thing. And the only way I could figure to do this was – to do this um, 
you know, through the web because right. the web is, you know, the books and the web is the only way. And then, and then hopefully, uh, within the next few months, we can we can figure out the various dynamics of pulling in, you know, when you do one in a local community. That's the way it really works to key in on what you said that you you get a local health club or you get a local you know hospital that works with their their group you know right. to get walking groups and accountability groups and ultimately everything has to become local and it has to become personal well and again and i think you know the you interesting know, we're just providing kind of the mm-hmm. framework you know exactly exactly and that's what i think that the successful 12 week program can be you know whether whether you offer it in hospitals or churches or community centers because you know what what Dave Ramsey has done that has been so successful and you know I mean it, it's always best just just to sit back and look at somebody else who's done it right and Absolutely. and to use that as a model and what he's done is he's trained local people to facilitate yes. and and one of my concerns when I hear entrepreneurs like you and Amy who get really excited about an idea but every single thing that you do involves the two of you uh, you know, Chris and I both know that scalability in any entrepreneurial business venture is absolutely core, and the ability absolutely. to scale this has to remove the two of you personally from anything other yeah. than being the expert and, and really the one endorsing and keeping the momentum going. But it can't yes, depend absolutely. on people talking to one of the two of you, right, Chris? I can, hey, I can I can tell you the truth about that because our um, – you know, yesterday we were um, taping. Um, we we do little tips that we do on the one of the local uh, television shows once a month. And you know, you go in and we do. We did five of them in the day, and it it took a couple of hours. It's not a big deal, but that runs for five months. So, in my mind, I think, you know, I can touch a larger amount of people just in two hours worth of work. I've I've literally I've given some good advice to thousands of people. So it has to be scalable, it has to be on a larger level, but then we always have wanted something that's very affordable. You mentioned affordability. You know, my program for the if somebody goes ahead and signs up for my 90 days of programs that they get online every day, it's going to be, you know, 24.95. So I mean, who doesn't have they can do it at 9.95 a month. And I mean, who doesn't have that? I've, I thought, what's the price of a book at Barnes and Noble or Borders Books? You know, it's probably about twenty-five bucks. So we can give them something every day, and it's literally going to be so much. Um, they're going to have access through this network of people that I'm working with to have um, so much really good information. I'm just, I'm just so excited about it. The trainers and the dietitians and the experts that I've got behind me. You know, because I'm, I'm only, um, I did it, and I know what it takes to do it, but I'm only one person, and, and I need to be that inspiration and that encouragement to folks, but I also need to be able to give them, you know, some other experts and point them in the direction. You know, I'd like to see a large amount of people lose a large amount of weight and really change their life. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about, just seeing yourself on a different being able to do things you didn't, you weren't able to do before. But we got to get your cholesterol down too. That's not Absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's up to two eighty-five. So. Yeah, we can bring not that down. We had a girl that. do the challenge, and she went from three thirty to two seventeen in the ninety-nine days between she had between when she mm-hmm. had it uh, checked, and, and and we were just really really thrilled. Um, you know, just with some basic things that she was able to do and, right. and get that. And I just I just know that it works, you know, just some good principled living things. And there's probably uh, a few things that you can change. What what did your doctor say? Just just curious, what, what kind of things did he say that you might want to do to make that number <laughs> well, go down? Well, you, you, you might want to borrow some of these things. I just... You know, uh, on Tuesday, and Chris and I are going to be talking about our our recap of our our shows this week, but on Tuesday we had a woman on uh, named Sam Horn who wrote a book called Pop, and she talked Mm -hmm. about how the things that you tell people to do have to have some some characteristics, and one of them is alliteration, and uh, I don't have all of them in front of me right this minute. But what he told me yesterday as I was leaving, uh, you know, he told me I needed to eat, you know, basically a large breakfast, a large lunch, and a small dinner, rather than most people eat, you know, small lunch, medium size, or small breakfast, medium size, 
lunch and big dinner. Right. And he said, but yeah. in between, you need to eat like a rabbit and and uh, live like Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, okay. run. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, okay. I mean, that just stuck in my head that, you know, it's, it's oh, keep a bowl of, and he had a bowl on his uh, desk of cut up carrots, uh, cucumbers, yep. Um, yep. celery, apples, and pears. And he said he just keeps that on his desk all day, and I've got one sitting in front of me this morning, and I had mm-hmm. a big breakfast. And I do almonds and apples. That's my, I do almonds, got apples, even with the cholesterol, even with the cholesterol, almonds are okay. Oh yeah, almonds are great because they're good healthy fat. You need it. You need. Okay. You need. You know, I get my good healthy fat every day from uh, olive oil, um, almonds. Those are that's good um, egg yolks. For me, that's good cholesterol. You know. Okay. Uh, you you got to limit maybe your um, your egg yolks, but but here's the deal. They've got. They're full of vitamin A, vitamin D. Lots of. I mean, God made an egg. That's the way I look at it. Um, you know, God didn't make Skittles, and I always tell people that. This, that's pretty simple. <laughs> God made an apple. <laughs> I guess. So, so He wants you to run like Forrest Gump, and He wants you to do what's the well, other one? Well, He He didn't mean literally. Eat Eat like a rabbit and run like Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, because you just. It just was the metaphor, you know, it was the metaphor that stuck in my head. And I'll tell that story probably a hundred times to people. Chris, I wanted to ask you, Chris, when you were working out with your your trainer, um, did they just focus on the physical side of things, Uh, you know, on the actual workout? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we would have conversations about nutrition, um, if that's what you're asking. Yes. But, um, But, you know, in general, no. That that wasn't what I asked for or was paying for, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I just wondered because what what we have been discussing over the last 12 weeks is that this is kind of, it it really is your whole life. It isn't just the physical side because if you, you know, eat eat junk all day long and work out, you you may have, you know, svelte uh, uh, svelte body and and strong muscles, but, you know, your your heart and your insides are still going to be yucky. Well, exactly. I really believe it goes in our system and the way we talk to people. The first thing we start attacking is the mind. And, you know, obviously we have to give them nuts and bolts. You know, eat, like you said, eat like a king. For breakfast, eat like a queen for lunch, eat like a pauper for dinner, you know, and, you know, <laughs> eat most of your carbs earlier in the day, eat your proteins at night, eat five or six times a day, continually keep your, that, that keeps your blood sugar regulated if you just eat little snacks um, and you're constantly grazing. I eat a lot of food, I eat good quality food, and I eat smaller portions. My portion sizes compared to what I used to eat are incredibly Small. I mean, I ate a whole sandwich from a deli the other day in New York, and I and I was very hungry. You know, I had been a while since I've eaten, which was out of norm for me because I was traveling. Right. But then when I ate, I just got that. I started to get that lull, and I go, um, "This is not how I normally eat. I normally just I'm never hungry. Like right now, I'm starting to get a little hungry. It's it's you know before 10:30 in the morning, and I'll. And I'm at home, and I'll go into the kitchen, and I'll get, um, I'll, I'll make me a half a peanut butter sandwich or something. I may have an apple, just for me. I'm a man; I can eat a little bit more. But I eat a little, I eat a little something to keep me going, and then I'll have a nice little lunch. And I just eat constantly, and then by seven o'clock or so, I start to cut it off. And um, you know, if there's a challenge for me personally, it's boredom eating late at night, and that's where I have to watch. I'm just bored, you know. I'm I'm so active and so busy now. Uh, It's nine or ten o'clock at night. I've just got to keep myself out of the fridge. I think that's more of a a discipline and a mental thing. But we try when we start with people to talk about, you know, the mental side of things and the emotional side of things. I'll give you a perfect example. A neighbor of mine, not to call any names, she'll probably not listen to this, and she and, and you might not know. She might not know if I was talking about her anyway, but very successful in her uh, previous careers and her current careers. Every you know, house is immaculate. Everything that ever has been associated with her, business-wise, family-wise, is successful. But she has a weight issue. Okay, so 
started talking to her husband just in the doorway of their house. He said, hey, look at this magazine she was in. You know, do, do you know much about her? And he said, I just, you know, it's just always been a struggle for her. She said, I don't know. You know, he said, this is just my presumption. It, it may have something to do with, you know, her father died when she was little. She had a stepfather. And he talks about how she worked so hard in her life to be successful in business and to be successful as a family, but then there's that struggle um, physically to keep the weight off and to not. And I just have to believe that there's something there. She may not need the use of a dietitian as much as a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or a priest, if you know where I'm going with that. Seriously, yeah. you can get... If you believe in your heart that you're destined, that you always struggle with weight, and you always say, I always struggle with weight, then your body will follow your mind. And I really believe that there's more to it than just eating, not eating Twinkies. And I really think that what Chris was saying a while ago, and what you were leading in with asking her, is that if you only focus on physically, you know, doing jumping jacks, doing, you know, doing squats, uh, but you never tap into the to the real issues. Sometimes there's, you know, we're we're a holistic person, you know, we're we're spirit, soul and a body. There's more to us than just the physical. And we really believe that when we, you know, hit that campus when we were we got pushed beyond what we thought our limits were, that was great and that's what people need. Uh, we were held accountable. That's great. You need that. But we were also empowered, and nobody can tell you that you know how valuable that was when we were in those moments where you thought you wanted to quit, and you know somebody reached down and whispered in your ear, you know you're you're strong. You know they're they're a great trainer wants to be involved in all aspects of your development and they're interested to see that you as a person are changing and growing and not just that you you know a great trainer will say look you're having a horrible day you know I'm not gonna let's just you know this is this is off the clock time let's sit down and talk about what's going on in your life you know what do you what's you know what's holding you back you know what let's talk about this and I don't know that a lot of people understand that or have have that ability but right. I know that some of the greatest mentors and trainers um, that I've had in my life have the ability to look past just the physical and, you know, say this is important. Go home and do these. Go home and do this. And uh, I want to know that you're eating right. And, you know, we right. care about you as a person because ultimately there's more to it than just that. Well, and that's a really good point, Phil, because I, I think uh, what often happens, and, and, again, this happened to uh, to Michael and I when after the, after the spectacular failure with the medically-led program, we then went and, and joined the local club, which actually was a lot cheaper than the medical program, and it was close to right. the house. And we really thought we would be able to do it because it was on the way to the office uh, and on the way home from the office, obviously. And uh, they actually, we, we signed up for the personal trainer program, but they assigned mm-hmm. one to us. And i got to tell you, I knew from the very first day that it was the wrong person for me. You just know. And so what, what you might want to think about doing on your website if you don't already have it is, you know, what are the top three or five things that you need to ask a trainer before you hire them, uh, because yes. I, I know that a lot of people will want to augment what they're doing, you know, in either following your your program online, you know, with that local accountability and and really knowing the questions to ask, I think makes a big difference. Now, Chris, you ended up with a trainer that you loved, right? Did did you actually interview them, or were they assigned to you? Word of mouth, right? Okay, so. so- Friend, you know, a friend's trainer. Um, I had one trainer that um, was assigned to me the very first time I ever got a trainer, but I was very clear about what I wanted to the club when I joined. Right. Yeah. And, and they and they found exactly the right person for me. And you know, it's hard though because your schedule, their schedule, what other clients right. they have. But when she left, I didn't. Um, we had a friend. You know, we, we had other friends in the club, and they recommended. And she actually referred me to a different person when she left. 
and suggested I go with somebody else, but I ended up going with this with the one I went with, and I we love them. I mean, we're we're personal friends with them, and and so I guess you know you were asking me a question: Are they my nutritionist? No, but when you know when you when when you were talking instead there, Phil, about you know asking those questions and and everything else. That they do, he does very regularly, you know? Yes. It's it's like, okay, how are you doing with this and that? And yes. knowing that I traveled and how was I able to do this and, you know, hearing about it and offering little suggestions and, and tips, if you will, regularly. Yes, that was it. You know, the one thing I did yes. want to say um, before we leave this kind of um, this topic of health and everything is, I know y'all don't have it, but a lot of the corporate um, corporate health plans do have mm-hmm. free access to nutritionists and nurses who will right. talk to you on a regular basis, you know, every week, every month, whatever, and set goals and then call you again and talk to you and have that kind of accountability. And I think a right. lot of people aren't aware of that, don't really realize that they've got that, and all of them do, whether it's Aetna, Humana, um, you know, any of the other big ones. And if you just spend the time to go on the website and find it and sign up, it's really a wonderful thing. I finally found that when I was at my last job and found it towards the end of losing my job, but it was amazingly, it was wonderful for me. It really kept me up during my transition, it, they stayed with me after I lost my job for a few months and were able to continue working with me. And it right. was everything from go get that doctor's appointment, go get that mammogram, you know, have you done this, have you done that, to okay, what's our next goal, drink more water, okay, and do this one other thing, and that's good, that's enough, we'll talk again, right? Yes. Changing little habits. So I want people to know there really are a lot of ways to go about this and and resources to help them. Absolutely. And Amy and I have always been very, um, very open about saying, you know, we're not the only one. We feel like that what we can do is with our little bit of, uh, a little bit more high profile, you know, weight loss, that we can encourage people to get started. And a lot of the people that we talk to, just have felt so hopeless and and um you know we're just kind of opening the door for them and then once you get started down that road you'll be amazed at how your eyes will open your ears will open and you'll be able to go out and find it once that desire is there well, exactly. um, the resources are available exactly and i think you know for all the people who can't have you right to chickies exactly <laughs> exactly there are good opportunities but before in my previous life I would have never sought those out because I would have been afraid that those people were not on those people were not I was afraid of trainers, I was afraid of doctors, I was afraid of nurses, and I guess that's my job now is to say, look, these great resources are there. Let me tell you how your life can change and then once they start down that road, you know, um that's really the goal of our intro program um is to you know introduce people to those good local resources and and because you are ultimately you're going to find that you know you're going to find that good person once you're on that road that once that right. journey to help right and again Phil you know I I uh, keep coming back to Dave Ramsey's program just because it ha- has been such a a business yep. success for him and even yep. though he set out to help people I mean it certainly has has benefited he and his wife. Uh, but one yeah. of the models that they have done is certifying local financial planners. And, right. you know, having a program whereby you can certify that a local trainer is a Phil and Amy or a Real Life Renovations or a yes. Dream Again, I mean, whatever branding you're right. going to use, right. that they, they are actually part of your circle, um, yes you know, then then that is I think what we're talking about of, of blending the local accountability with people who yeah. have been vetted uh, right. by you against the, the principles so that you're sure that you've got someone, you know, who who is going to be supporting the principles that, that you're teaching. 
And, uh, you know, I think that that we certainly wish you uh, tremendous success in the business part of your endeavor. Uh, We know that you have the right heart for helping people. So, Absolutely. Well, Phil, I know we are going to stay in touch. And uh, like I said, as as soon as you get a a book publisher and and get that book uh, actually on paper, we would love to have you back to – to review uh, how the book is doing and uh, certainly Absolutely. have you back as a guest. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chicky. I appreciate it. And thanks, Chris. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Okay, we will. Okay. Be in touch. Thanks. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Take care. Well, Chris, it has been a busy week at the Fitzgerald household, as you know, uh, right at the tail end of uh, our show on Tuesday. Uh, about quarter to 12, my husband popped up and said uh, that he had just gotten a call from the school that they thought that our son's leg was broken. <laughs> and uh, I was panicked because I didn't know if I could hang up as the host of the show and have Pamela and, and Tevis uh, continue to talk. So uh, I did stay on the phone for the last few minutes and wound down the show, but I have to admit uh, my attention uh, just wasn't there. But little Sergey does indeed have a broken leg, and uh, poor little guy isn't in a lot of pain, but when we got to the doctor to get his cast on, he just bawled and bawled and bawled because he realized he wasn't going to get to play football or do karate, uh, and he is a very active little guy. So it has been interesting of just trying to figure out how we are going to spend the next six weeks uh, keeping him interested. And uh, you know, at this age, Chris, I know you're not you're not a parent, but you certainly have a lot of friends who are parents. Uh, nine-year-olds, uh, if you let them, will be glued to Wii and Nintendo uh, DS uh, all of their waking hours. And uh, so we are trying to come up with a plan where we can play board games and cards and and get him to read. And <laughs> it, so it's going to be an interesting six weeks at our house. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just cracking up about you know it, the what I mean I can see that he would cry when he realized he couldn't you know run around right right. But I also would think he would be fascinated. I mean, what I know of Sergey that he would be fascinated by the whole process of the doctor's office and a cast and, oh, I'm unique, I'm special, I get to have a cast. Oh, I think today is going to be that for him. He's got on one of those clunky temporary casts where they soak the the uh, oh, yeah. oh, the plaster and then mold the cast to his leg and then, then you know, wrap it with ace bandages. And, you know, he was just so emotionally distraught that he couldn't be fascinated by it. But today he goes to the orthopedic surgeon and I believe will have not only a choice of colors of cast, but maybe even camo, which would be very cool. And we are uh, hoping and praying for a swim cast. I understand they now make casts out of uh, fiberglass that uh, you can actually go in the water, which uh, not only lets him do something that he loves, but apparently, you know, itching is a huge part of of the healing process, and that when you have a swim cast, you can go in the water, and that actually makes the uh, the itching a little bit better. Oh, okay, okay. So quite. So so, what did he do? How did he break it? Oh, tell us. Tell us. You know. <laughs> well, he. I know. He was out uh, playing football right after lunch and got clipped uh, by one of his best friends and, uh, you know, knocked him down and hit him uh, just right square in the middle of the left shin bone. So it's the tibia uh, that broke, and it broke clean. But it's interesting because it it didn't ever swell. Uh, He's had almost no pain. Um, And so, you know, we're just really, really fortunate. Wow. So hopefully, you know, it will heal quickly, and and, uh, he'll get the cast off one week after school gets out. So, you know, if you remember last year, I I broke my ankle, like, the the day they had gotten out of school. So, uh, (laughs) And I I spent the first part of their summer break uh, not able to get around. So I am really glad that that's not going to last. And he's already getting around on his crutches. And uh, it's funny because right now Kira had a girlfriend sleep over last night, and they've got him out in the wagon pulling him around the neighborhood. (laughs) Oh, how funny is that? Yeah. He's going to get, he, yeah, he, he, he'll figure out ways to be happy. 
He definitely will. So anyway, well, let's uh, let's just uh, briefly go over our our show on Tuesday. I, I'll tell you what, it was so interesting having Linda Samuels on, uh, the founder of Billionaire Babies, and I printed off her ebook, um, you know, about Billionaire Babies and what it takes to get kids on a track uh, to build their own business. And she works with kids apparently as as early as two years old, which I I find astounding. Uh, But uh, her first real success was with Abby, who was four, and started this business of doing, uh, you know, gift baskets, which I just think is very cool. And uh, I went yesterday and taught uh, Kira's fifth grade class about teamwork and preparing for this um, uh, Enterprise Village that they're all going through next Friday. And right. just after my talk, they all got their job assignments. And, and Kira was so hoping to be the attorney uh, for the village and uh, uh, her block at school because they, they had to do it in, in the different blocks that move around uh, to the different teachers. Her block uh, didn't get the professional services group. They got McDonald's, Verizon, and a print shop, a, a print and design shop. So she's going to be the bookkeeper at McDonald's. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and I told her, you know, my very first job, my very first paid job ever uh, was when I was 16, and I, I got a job as a bookkeeper. So I said, you know, here you are following in mommy's footsteps, so this is actually a good thing. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to hear about how that moves on, and it'll be interesting to hear the kids. So have you selected the group that you'll interview before they go do it? Yes, actually, the way that that's working, they have got this uh, really amazing workbook, and and in fact, I'm going to see if I can get a copy of it uh, from her her teacher and send you a copy, because it's like a mini-MBA for the kids. And so what we're doing is we're taking the top three grades uh, on the workbook, and those are the three kids that are oh, going to get cool. interviewed. Okay. okay. And I'm I'm hoping that we'll be able to interview them on next Thursday's show. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to work it out to where we can do that during the class. Uh, but I think that that would be a, a very cool thing. So um, at any rate, that's that's what we're going to be doing. And and then next Friday, a week from tomorrow. Uh, is the Enterprise Village itself, and uh, I'm, I'm going to post on the website, on our website, that uh, URL, because you, you need to go and watch the video of what these kids go through. Very cool. We look forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I am I am very interested in following what Linda's doing, because as you know, I'm very passionate about helping kids, uh, you know, know through grade school and middle school, that there is an alternative other than just working for someone else. Right. And, you and, know, yeah. There's a go lot ahead. Well, nothing. It's just, there's a lot of people that talk about that, but I don't think people, you know, everybody needs to be reached a little differently. You know, I think Rich Dad Poor Dad was probably the first group who explained the concept of working for yourself versus getting a job, you know? Exactly. So anyway, exactly. But that you know that had the particular lens of investing in real estate as as the kind of the entree to that. Not that that was the only thing, but that certainly was uh, Robert Kawasaki's uh, focus uh, personally, and and also uh, Dolph. um, And I can't remember Dolph's last name. He's actually the ex-husband of one of our executive girlfriends group members. Um, Yeah, it's in a small world, very very small world. But anyway, I am I am going to follow up with Linda because I would love to see if I can't do a satellite version of what she's doing here, um, and and finding a way to coach parents who who really want to uh, strengthen those skills and maybe providing workshops and and uh, various things because you know I just it, it's a passion of mine as you know. Absolutely, that's a great idea. Okay, cool. So billionaire babies, which was wonderful. And and so interesting and unique, right? Well, and I think, you know, the thing that was really cool, and, and we didn't really dwell on it, and I, and I actually didn't know she had written the book um, about uh, girls uh, succeeding in science, which I, I've got to go and see if I can find that book. Um, because although uh, Kira doesn't want to be a scientist, uh, you know, I think that her science teacher at school would love to know that that book exists so that if he has girls that are really uh, excelling in science, that he will have, uh, you know, a vehicle to give it to them, uh, you know, to encourage them 
in the different careers that they can have. And one of the other things I'm working on, and I, I think you know uh, our friend Annette Hogan is working with Kennedy Space Center right now uh, in her, her job that she's doing with Delaware North. And I am working with one of the astronauts there to come over and talk to uh, my daughter's school class uh, about all the different kinds of jobs that are available within NASA. You know, it's not just about being an astronaut. It's right. all of the different things that are possible right down through the jobs that are actually held by the Delaware North people, which means that you can work at Kennedy Space Center as a chef. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and as someone who does special events, and, and there are so many jobs available. So I'm, I'm looking at, at doing a little module like Enterprise Village uh, with the Kennedy Space Center, and I'm hoping that NASA will think that that's a good idea, and then rolling that out throughout the schools in Florida, perhaps even in Texas uh, for the Houston facility, although Delaware North doesn't have that contract to run that facility. But, um, you know, just seeing ways that, that we can get kids energized, because, you know, I, I worry a little bit, as you know, about what's, what's going on with the current generations uh, and, and what their focus is uh, as they come into the workforce. And I think if we can get them earlier and get them engaged, that maybe they won't have so many struggles as teens, you know, that they'll be more focused. And, and as uh, Linda talked about, getting these kids to realize that they need to not only save, but they also need to give. Yeah. Yeah. And that ties in, you know, again, to the same kinds of things that, that we're learning right now, my husband and I in Financial Peace University, of that, you know, if you can learn to manage money as a kid, you will be a millionaire. Right. And, in fact, you will be able to retire when you're 40 and right. not 50. Right. Um, but, you know, I think our school system does a, a pretty miserable job of helping kids understand money. Well, they're not asked to. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they do what we've told them we want them to do. Reading and writing and arithmetic. That's right. Well, you know, talking about, uh, you know, Linda, uh, you know, kind of cheering on the little girls, uh, Marcy Blahoyak was our next <laughs> guest, and she wrote a book called No Glass Ceiling, Only Blue Sky. And uh, she was a former flight attendant, and the thing I loved about her story, Chris, was her mother uh, actually worked for uh, World Financial Group, which is a part of Aegon, and uh, real, realized that Marcy couldn't continue. Uh, she was making just an absolute pittance as a flight attendant. And that, you know, that wasn't just a flight attendant for a little commuter carrier. It was for Delta. And, and she uh, you know, was living with, I don't know, what did she say, uh, three or four other, other girls in, in a um, – a small apartment, and although they had the flight benefits, they couldn't afford to travel, you know, other than, than the travel that they did in their job. So, you know, she made just an amazing transformation and, and is now leading a force of not only women but, but other men um, in her new role with World Financial Group. I, I thought that was a great, um, a great story. And if you – the book was beautiful. And um, it, the, I love the cover of it. It shows right. a beautiful mountain range, you know, no glass ceiling, just blue sky. Right. I think there's a lot to be said, just like Phil said earlier, about mindset. Absolutely. Right? If you believe there's a glass ceiling, you're going to see it everywhere. That's absolutely right, and I can't wait to get a copy of the book because it, it actually was written uh, to be a gift book. Uh, Marcy is, is, has been associated with the company's accessories, and uh, then also Simple Truths is the company that she does her speaking engagements through. And I am really excited because she is going to be making the introduction. I think today she's having lunch with Mac Anderson, uh, who is the founder of Simple Truths and had been the previous owner of Successories. And, you know, I just love what he's done. And it is, in fact, simple. And it is based on very simple truths of determination and leadership and all of those positive thinking words, you know, that are more than just positive thinking. You know, it's actually positive attitude really begets positive behavior. 
Um, I was listening to uh, a tape series. Uh, actually, it was uh, the tape series that follows the book of C.S. Lewis, where he wrote, uh, and I think I mentioned this last week, about uh, mere Christianity is the name of that. But, but he, he talks about the word beget as it was used biblically. But he, he was talking about how, like, a, a bear can't beget a fox. Okay, and I was thinking last night in the shower, you know, um, positivity and, and being positive can't yield negativity. It can't beget anything other than what it is. And, and so it's very interesting when you start kind of unpeeling that approach is that whatever you embrace is what you're going to yield. Yeah. Right? And, and so Marcy has been giving hope to women in particular, but again, I don't think her book is really uh, terribly gender-specific. I think a man would get the same thing out of it, but perhaps a woman just would, would embrace the softness of, of the approach. Um, but really, it, it, while, while there is softness in what she is uh, saying, it, it really has tremendous power and transformed, uh, I believe she said, not only her life, but her whole mother's family tree, that she has six family members making over six figures right now. Right. That's astounding. I mean, when you think about it, I, I know that that's not true in my family tree right now. <laughs> well, that's yeah, it, it's interesting. But your family, you know, the family has to embrace it. And one of the other interesting things about that is how you, even if someone is able to step out and do that, right, and break the bonds and get the six figures, etc. Very rarely is there an opportunity for them to bring others along. Usually right. there's some level of education that must that went into it or, or something else, right, as opposed to skills of how to lead your life. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that that's what she was laying out is, is that it really is is pretty simple when, when you think about it, of the, of the things that she had to embrace uh, to change her life. Yep. And, you know... Uh, really focused on, on her, her own ideals and, and believing she could do it. And the fact that her mother believed in her, I think, was a huge thing. And, and I, I had shared, uh, I believe, on, on that segment that, you know, I was with this whole group of women last weekend. And, and when you looked at them from the outside, I mean, they were beautiful. And, I mean, when you heard them talk, they were articulate and they were intelligent. But, you know, over the course of the weekend, as we unpeeled the onion, we found that someone had told them when they were young that they couldn't do it, and whatever they, it was. Right. And, and we had one, one woman who was actually on our team, and you know she stood up to give her talk, and she talked about how when she had been young, somebody told her she couldn't hold a tune. And to this day, she had not sung in church. And you know she said that with, with tears in her eyes. And then at the end of her talk, uh, the the uh, group, the music group came up and she sang a song to the whole group. And I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the house because she finally realized that she was the one who had and and moved forward and, and to know that she had what it took inside of her. And I mean, she's not going to have a career in opera, but I mean, but it was amazing to watch the courage. And I think that this is all about courage. Yeah, it is. It is. I... I fearlessness yeah definitely because and uh fear i'm sorry there's nothing to fear no absolutely not and but it's so interesting how we you know we build up in our heads um you know we, we blow things out of proportion we think people are actually uh you know thinking thoughts and and uh and making observations about us that just simply aren't true. And, I mean, I saw that even in Sergey the other day. It's like, well, do you want me to take a picture of you to take to school and, and show everybody? No, I don't want them to see me. You know, when actually they were all going to think it was cool that he had a cast. You well, know? exactly. That's why, I, yeah, exactly. I'm like, don't you understand? They will think it's cool he have a cast. But yeah. With, already there's fear of how people, well, kids can be really cruel. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's absolutely true. Because they're honest. In what they think, right? The fact that Definitely. they think wrongly, um, that doesn't come up much. So, yeah, pretty interesting. So, let's see, who was the fourth person that we had on? Well, the third person actually was Sam Horn. So, once you've That's figured awesome. out what you can do, Sam's, Sam's whole story was about uh, really using the power of words to turn ideas uh, you know, into profitability. 
And uh, the thing I loved was the very first uh, discussion that we had was how do you introduce yourself? And, you know, we've had a lot of guests both on Solutions Live and on the Executive Girlfriends Group and on our transition series of people who've talked about your elevator pitch. But I have never heard uh, the simplicity uh, that we heard from Sam. And do you remember uh, what the what the core part of that was? No. Okay, well then I will jump right in. It was uh, two, two key components, and that is rather than telling people what you do, turn the statement into a question. Oh, yes. Have you ever seen X? Oh, well, that is just like what I do. So what you're doing is you're eliciting free information. You're not explaining what you're doing. You're asking if they can relate to whatever field it is or whatever idea it is that you are involved in, and you're linking, not lecturing. Right, and what you said was turn what you do into something you can see, feel, taste, or touch. Yes. I'm sorry. Absolutely. And and she also said that you need to pay really close attention as to whether people are knitting their brows, furrowing their brows, or lifting their eyebrows. If they lift their eyebrows, that generally means they got it. If they, you know, are knitting and furrowing, they're lost. And worse, if if there's no expression, you know, you just didn't get through and they're not even paying attention. <laughs> But she she's all about communication that connects, right. and I just I absolutely loved that. And um, she also talked about doing things that are memorable. And and she brought up the Gary Marshall quote that Holly, Hollywood directors uh, can predict when a movie is going to be a success if people come out of it remembering a particular phrase. And of course, I mean my my husband and I every time every time we see Pretty Woman, it's always Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? <laughs> and, you know, that's what they wanted you to remember. Gotcha, and right. and they inserted what she calls a money phrase. Gotcha. That's right, the money phrase. And the thing I liked about uh, how she wrapped that up was she said it's the power to turn the generic into genius. And then there were three components of that, and, and she called it the airtight sound bite, which, again, she's using, using her own uh, alliteration uh, to, to get to you to remember that. And so A-I-R are the three letters she wants you to remember, oh, A right. being alliterative, right. so best I meaning inflection and iambic meter, and R, rhyme. And rhyme is sublime, and inflection and the iambic, iambic meter uh, is what makes you remember and alliterative is that instantly eloquent word like Java jacket instead of the cardboard sleeve on a coffee cup. Insulating sleeve. Right. Yeah, so she gave really good examples, I thought. She did, she did. And I think most of them are from her book. And I, I did download the first chapter of her book, which is available on her website, and uh, need to head out to the bookstore to see if I can uh, put my hands on, on her book. Well, but, I you know. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. I have it sitting right here because, in, and I guess maybe that's why I didn't remember so many things. I knew I was going to read it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, again, her goal is to help people break out instead of blend in. And uh, I, I actually use this with, uh, I've got a new client uh, that I'm, I'm starting a new project with today and uh, used her enterprise example, which is to find your point of distinction and to zig where everyone else zags. Do the opposite instead of the obvious. And so that, you know, it's very much like the, uh, the blue ocean uh, strategy. Of, you know, of, of not blending into the red ocean of competition, but, but really making yourself uh, unique. And I also loved the uh, the alphabetizing. I don't know if you caught that one. She said, you know, when you when you think of something that that is uh, really generic, like happy hour. She used the example of of the restaurant that had uh, an area where people could sit outside, and you know they had uh, advertised a happy hour, but really didn't get a lot of people to show up. But one of the things that they uh, saw when they talked to different folks that came in is that, you know, at the end of the day, they wanted to go and walk their dogs, but they also would like to come to happy hour. 
so they wanted to create a, a place where dog owners could come and have happy hour. And so they went through the whole alphabet, you know, uh, appy hour, bappy hour, cappy hour, and then got all the way to the end and got to yappy hour. And yappy hour was the yappy dogs sat outside and they put out dog biscuits and bowls of water and, and places where they could tie them up. And it was a huge success. And so I, I have to figure out what I can apply that alphabetizing to and what I do. But uh, I, I am quite sure that I'm going to find some way uh, to do that. And and so our last guest, uh, I don't know if you stayed on for the whole thing, and, and like I said, I, I have to apologize that the last uh, 10 or 15 minutes I was uh, totally distracted by my son. Um, but Tevis Trower uh, had, had worked in corporate America, and what she saw is, is I think what you and I have experienced over and over again, and that's people who are just coming to work, are, are just coming to get the paycheck, and who aren't really engaged. And that that lack of engagement has always been a, a problem in corporate America as far as getting as much productivity as you can out of people. But right now, it's even more important because we're doing more with less and people, the morale in companies is already greatly reduced over where it's been in the past because people's friends have lost their jobs. They're not sure whether they're going to be the next round. And uh, so Tevis talked about, I mean, she formed a company that actually uh, consults with companies to try to help them increase engagement. Um, and so her, her moniker is, you know, feel better, think better, lead better. And so starting from the inside and getting people turned around. So this, you know, kind of ties in what, with what Phil was talking about this morning as well. I, you know, it triggered, I, yeah, and I loved that idea, and I thought that was really cool. But what it reminded me of, and one of the things I wanted to know if you wanted to talk about, was um, Tiffany. And oh, last yeah. X, right? So, mm-hmm. it, and are you still doing the um, uh, job helping sessions and, and um, radio shows as well? Yes, actually, we are going to launch that in May. I'm going to be cutting down the Solutions Live schedule and adding in the Transition Solutions shows uh, starting in May. So uh, she and I are working on finalizing that. But, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. So I just knew that she is also working on something similar, and I think it must be great for her to hear of the successes of others that are trying to help raise the – I don't – morale is such an overused word. Right. Um, so what do you call that? Engagement, I guess. Exactly. Engagement. Exactly, yeah. And we're, we're actually partnering with a couple of other firms, uh, both Resume Day and now Apical Resources, uh, which is also helping folks, uh, you know, get placed. And, and we're going to be reaching uh, back to the corporations and helping them with some things that they can do to increase engagement. So, you know, I think as I look back over all of the uh, guests we've had over the last three months, there are a lot of folks I would love to pull in uh, to create a whole series of services, uh, you know, to folks, uh, both both companies and individuals and entrepreneurs. Exactly. Well, we we only have a couple of minutes left, and uh, how are things going with your new venture? Oh, they're wonderful. I'm having a great time. Um, we the founder is fearless. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> exactly, which is a great place to be. And every time we interview someone, there's someone else who's I'm like, oh, that's exactly what the book we're ready for, or that's the thing. So Pop was the book we were ready for this week when you you brought that person on. So. It's it's just been such a treat to stay engaged with you while I while I continue to work with the new clients. Well, great. Well, we are uh, you know I am working through what our schedule is going to be over the next couple of months because uh, with my kids uh, home from school beginning on uh, June first, um, you know we're going to need to adjust the schedule and I, I think it's just evolving quite nicely. In fact, when Phil said he needed to shift some of his energy, it, it was perfect timing, uh, you know, to kind of reworking our May schedule, and I'm just so glad that you're able to, uh, you know, continue to participate. We're going to keep the Tuesday show at uh, the two-hour slot, but we're going to cut the Thursday show back to probably just one hour from 10 until 11, so hopefully that will continue to work into your schedule. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, it does. 
much easier for, for me as well. Absolutely. And the other thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking a lot of the truths from uh, what we have learned over the last three months, and I'm going to put them in book form. So um, I'm oh. going to hopefully publish an ebook by the end of the summer. And uh, it, it just uh, it's unfolding as we go. <laughs> it is, and, and wonderfully so. Well, my dear, I will talk to you uh, soon and hope to hear you on the egg call tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. For more information about Solutions Live, please see www.solutionslive.blogspot.com. That's Solutions with a Z. I trust that today's show provided some information and some inspiration. Go out and begin to leave your legacy today.